if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. We get rolling at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 18th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Appreciate you being here today. Well, if you didn't know it before, you do know it now. We've got a new daddy. Daddy DeWine is going to tell us now what time we can be out, what time we have to be home, what time we have to go to bed, how many hours of screen time we get, what we can do in our homes, what people we're allowed to see, how many of them, whether we can have dinner together. And it's only going to get worse from here. Yesterday, when Governor Mike DeWine held his COVID-19 twice-weekly press briefings, briefing, he announced the curfew, and he announced the slowdown, the slowdown of Ohio's economy in an attempt to slow down the spread of the Chinese coronavirus. And... When he announced that curfew, which will be in force from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. for the next 21 days starting today, I have to tell you, um, I was relieved. I was relieved. I even went to social media and said, well, that's not so bad. I said it on, on Facebook. I didn't get it on Parler yet. That's my bad. I'm, I'm trying very hard to wean off of all of the Facebook or the excuse me the Silicon Valley tech giants that are censoring and choosing to disseminate some information that they agree with and to block information with which they disagree I'm trying to wean myself off of those sites and get onto the sites that actually defend free speech like Parler and I want you to follow me on Parler at France Radio F R A N T Z Radio but yesterday I did go to the old standard Facebook And I went there and I said, that's not so bad. Now, I didn't phrase it quite that way, but that was the essence of it. Hey, 
It's not so bad. It's just a curfew from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m., right? After all, it could have been a lot worse, right? We were told and expecting that all bars and restaurants and gyms would have to shut down again, which is the first step toward obviously much more stringent restrictions on the liberties of the people of this state. Following, of course, the more stringent restrictions upon the people of the great nation, the great nation in which we live. And so when I heard that it's just a curfew and it's a three week curfew, I said, that's not so bad. As a matter of fact, I'll read to you my social media post yesterday because it deserves to be scrutinized and it deserves to be repudiated to some extent. That's right. I'm going to repudiate my own words. What I wrote was this. The curfew is ridiculous, but at this moment in time, I find myself comparing what is being ordered in Ohio to what has been ordered in other states. And when viewed through that lens, I can live with this for now. Pennsylvanians are being ordered to wear masks in their own homes. Washington State's new order says guests in your home for indoor gatherings must quarantine for 14 days before you can let them in. Outdoor gatherings there are limited to five people. Other states have ordered widespread lockdowns and closed restaurants, bars, and gyms again. Mike DeWine is a horrible governor, and chances are he will follow suit and do all of these things three weeks from now. But for now, with businesses allowed to stay open, Schools still open, sports not suspended. For now, things could be worse. That's it. That's what I wrote word for word yesterday on Facebook in response to Mike DeWine's curfew order. And I was immediately and viciously, I shouldn't say viciously, but intensely corrected by a lot of people saying, so you're okay, just some of the, some of the responses. So you're okay with being the warm, uh, or being the frog, rather, resting comfortably in the warm water right now, right? It's a great point. It is a very, very good point. Others saying, do not give them an inch. When they take that inch, you know they're going to take miles. That is also a very good point. We cannot give up any of our liberties to anyone at any time, for if we do, it makes it that much easier for us to surrender other liberties. Yesterday, I gave an impassioned you know, plea in my monologue at this hour yesterday about our liberties being taken from us, literally our freedoms, not just to do this or go there or see that or say this, but our literal freedom versus imprisonment. And I was a little impassioned about that because it was something that would impact my daughter as the health department in Hillsdale sent me a letter saying, if your daughter, it didn't, it wasn't worded that way, it was actually addressed to my daughter here at home, but it's because she, uh, she got the coronavirus about three weeks ago and she went through all of the proper quarantine protocols at college up in Michigan um, that she asked to, but the letter arrived even after all of that was over, and it said, if you don't comply with all of the protocols that we have in place here, now that you have been scarlet-lettered 
You have the big C on your chest for coronavirus or COVID. Now that you've been branded with that scarlet letter, if you don't do what we tell you to do, we can take you into custody, the letter said. We can take you into protective custody in the interest of the public health. That's right. Literally, your freedom can be taken away. You will be dragged away in, you know, Lord only knows what kind of restraints taken into custody without having committed a crime. We're going to take away your freedom because you got sick. And we didn't like how you handled your sickness. So I got really, you know, pretty personal about that yesterday. Now, my daughter's fine. She didn't get taken into custody. Like I said, she went ahead and followed the protocols as required by her college. Um... And, uh, you know, did her quarantine thing, got healthy in a few days, like 99.9% everybody else does, and it's all good. But, but I talked about the liberties yesterday. And so as I wrote what I wrote yesterday afternoon about Mike DeWine's curfew orders, I, I think I was perhaps a little bit blinded by um, the comparison of tyrannies. And how sad is it when you have to make yourself feel better about tyranny being practiced against you by saying it's not quite as tyrannical, it's not quite as oppressive as that being practiced against other people in other states. What a sad, sad way to live. But I kind of bought into it. Like I told you about Pennsylvania. The governor of Pennsylvania makes Mike DeWine look like the great liberator. The governor of Pennsylvania, Governor Wolf, seriously makes Mike DeWine look like he is just, you know, the champion of, of freedom and, and liberty. Things are so bad in other states, like I said, among them Pennsylvania and Washington State and California and New York State. It is insane, my friends. And I am glad that we are living here as opposed to there. I am glad that I only have to deal with a curfew from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. rather than XYZ going on in these other places. But what a sad state of affairs we find ourselves in when we have to make ourselves feel better about our the 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 limitations and restrictions placed upon us by pointing out the more harsh restrictions and limitations placed on other people i am glad i'm here and i am glad that mike dewine didn't shut down all the businesses and tell people nobody's allowed to have thanksgiving and if you do bring somebody over for a gathering in your home they have to quarantine for 14 days I am glad that he didn't say, when you bring people into your home from outside of your home, you know, the people who live in your bubble, that they have to wear masks, and so do you when they come in. This is happening in some places, including Akron, on the local level. And as I mentioned in Washington and other places, despite the overwhelming evidence that is being ignored by the mainstream media about face masks, being effective in preventing the spread of coronavirus. Despite all of the above, they are mandating these things to be done, not just in public places now, but in your homes, and we haven't had that done by the state of Ohio yet. So I'm sitting here thinking, hey, we're doing well. I mean, do you want to hear some of this of what we could be facing right now? 
Let me give you a little bit of Pennsylvania's additional steps to address the um, uh, to address the increase in uh, 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 cases in Pennsylvania. And by the way, as we all know, or at least we should by now, if we've been paying attention, cases means nothing. Cases are not the barometer. It's about hospitalizations and deaths. But here's here's what they're saying. Starting Friday, anyone who enters the state of Pennsylvania must have been tested at least 72 hours before they arrive. And if they do not or cannot get a test, you must quarantine for 14 days before you enter that state. And that would include state residents, with the exception of those who cross state lines in their daily commute for work. If you cross state lines from Pennsylvania to New York or to Ohio or whatever, uh, they're not going to make you have to, qu- or have to quarantine or have a test every time you come back in from work. But anybody who is not a, a regular commuter has to, has to abide by that regulation. Pennsylvania already has statewide mask mandates, limits on indoor and outdoor gatherings, and occupancy restrictions at bars and restaurants, but the new rules go much further. Masks are required outside where it isn't possible to maintain a six-foot distance from others, according to the order, and inside where people from multiple households are gathering, even if they can maintain a social distance and even if it's full-on private property. Your home, you pay for it, you pay taxes on it. If the neighbors come over, if the in-laws come over, if your adult children come over, They live in different houses. They must wear masks while in your home, and you must wear masks while you have them, according to Pennsylvania's rules. The city of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania is banning indoor gatherings and indoor dining and shuttering all of their casinos and gyms and museums and libraries and restaurants. Tom Wolf, the Democrat governor there, imposed a stay-at-home order and shuttered businesses deemed non-life-sustaining early in the pandemic. In September, a judge ruled that those restrictions were unconstitutional, but in November, he's doubling down on them and making them worse. So again, going back to my post, viewed through that lens, what Mike DeWine did to us yesterday isn't bad. Viewed through that lens, it's, hey, you know what? We did okay. But that's a mistake. That's a monumental mistake that I have made. By allowing some tyranny to exist, by comparing it to worse tyrannies or tyrannical orders given in other places, we are asking to surrender everything. All it's going to take is the next step. What will be the next step? Mike DeWine tells you what time you can be out And what time you have to be home by now, what is the next thing that he can say? And by the way, don't limit this just to Mike DeWine. If we accept these kinds of restrictions on our freedom and our liberty based on a health crisis, if we accept the shredding of the Constitution because people got sick, then this is something that is a precedent for future governors as well. This isn't just about Mike DeWine, and it's not just about coronavirus anymore. This is about putting our foot down, drawing a line in the sand, and saying we will not be ruled by a dictator, by a tyrant. No matter how well-intentioned his rules may be, we will not surrender liberty 
in the face of a pandemic or anything else. That is not what this country was founded upon. All right, I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you, too. Uh, 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. I told you social media, the only place I really prefer to hear from you now is on Parler. Parler. Download the Parler app or get on your browser. Create an account. Follow me at France Radio. And we can share stories and information with each other that we want to without being censored by the Twitter and Facebook executives. Parler is the social media app that I prefer, and that's what I want to hear from you on. Uh, France Radio is the name there. All right, it's 923, and before we take a break, I want to remind you about this very important period of time. Medicare's annual enrollment period is underway, and right now, well, uh, it's confusing. There's a lot of new rules in Medicare this year, new options available, and you're probably getting blasted by Medicare marketing commercials, making it very confusing. Maybe you're even getting Medicare marketing calls asking you to switch your plan. Those are prohibited unless you request them. The best way to learn about the changes in Medicare and what your options are is to call my friend Mark King. Mark founded Keeping Medicare Simple in 1988. And for over 32 years, he's been helping people understand Medicare and your options and the changes and choosing the right coverage to fit your needs. Because Mark represents all the providers of Medicare insurance, and that means he can help you find the right plan to fit your needs regardless of company rather than hamstringing you or limiting you by being forced to use one company. When it comes to your health care, it's all about trust, friends, and I trust Mark King. You can, too. Please call 440 432-8936. If you've got a family member who's on Medicare or who's in the Medicare program or maybe is going to enroll this year for the first time, call 440-832-8936. Tons of information at keepingmedicaresimple.com. Log on to that. Learn more. Then call Mark at 440-832-8936. We're all going to get old. We're all going to need this. And Mark's philosophy is while we age, let's help one another as we do. 440-832-8936 and online at keepingmedicaresimple.com. Nine twenty-seven. Let's get a few phone calls started here this morning on AM fourteen twenty. The answer before the bottom of the hour news. We'll go to Vince in Westlake. Uh, first up this morning. Hey Vince, go ahead. Bob, how you doing? Yes, sir. Uh, Vince, go ahead. You're, you're, you're right on point. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. We got delays here. We got to get moving, my friend. Go ahead. What's up? Okay. Your point that you mentioned before earlier about being in the warm water and boiling that. That's where we're at right now. Half of us don't even realize it. People are succumbing to all this stuff and that. We talked about this yesterday. What are we going to do about it? I'm proposing that, number one, everybody, everybody, start crashing the fax machines, emails, state house phone numbers, everybody of your representatives, and demand some resolution from this, number one. Number two, people that you have on your radio show a lot, Peter Kirsten, Rob Walgate, Dan Ramada, stuff like that. It's time that we band together. We've got to form a coalition, Bob. We've got to come together as freedom-loving citizens. Remember what Benjamin Franklin said. Those that would give up a little freedom for security deserve neither and will most likely lose both. And I, I fear that's where we're at right now. So I'm calling on people that are listeners of your show, you, and all the people that you have on as guests. Somehow we've got to unite and get together, go on our websites, reach out to each other, talk, and most importantly, start talking to your representatives because that's the only way we're going to resolve this. 
And it's got to be done, Vince, in massive numbers. You're a thousand percent exactly. correct. We have to band together. Exactly. We, we, we absolutely need to use all of our voices. Individually, they can ignore us. Collectively, if we are united and powerful, they have to pay attention to us. Now, we know that our legislature, these are the representatives you're talking about, our state senators and state, uh, house reps. Um, we know that they have tried to limit the governor's power. We knew that they tried to limit the health director's power back when it was Amy Acton because they knew this was, this, this can't stand. We need them to be able to represent us. They have to have a say in anything that is done to the people with respect to limiting their freedoms. And the governor said, go ahead and pass whatever you want. I'm going to veto it. And we knew that, and they knew, and the governor knew that there was not enough uh, unanimity among the members of the, the General Assembly to override a veto. Now the game is changing. And, the, and th- Vince, thanks for the call. i got to get into our news here, but I'll just finish my thought and follow up on yours. Um, now is the time for all of us to, ho- to tell those holdout uh, members of the General Assembly, those holdout state representatives and senators that would not vote to limit the governor's power here and make them act flip them, get them to sign on to a piece of legislation that that makes this illegal. We already know it's unconstitutional. Now we need to make it codified in Ohio, the Ohio Revised Code, that the governor cannot suspend the constitutional liberties of the people in the event of a health crisis or any other perceived crisis. That the people need to have representation here. And that's what our legislators are for. We need to make sure that what has already been ruled by judges as unconstitutional is also rendered illegal, and we can only do that in massive numbers of people reaching out and demanding of every state representative and senator that this is what happens. Vince is right. It's, 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 about, it's about uniting now, and uh, we'll pick it up after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 936, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Tons of time for you to talk today, and you deserve it because you need to fight for your freedom, quite frankly. And we need to unite, and we need to draw up some plans. We need to get some uh, some ideas on what we can do. It's about, you know, uh, unanimity. And I know we can't be really unanimous, truthfully, but I mean, honestly, it's about our collective power. We've got to reach out to those that represent us and tell them our will is supposed to be all you are concerned with. And our will is to maintain the freedoms that are guaranteed us by our Constitution in the United States, the Constitution of the state of Ohio. And yes, you need to take that and codify it into law if those things are being threatened. And they are. All right. Um, somebody messaged me a few minutes ago and said, where can we find a list of all of the state reps and senators who refused to override to vote in support of limiting the governor's powers to restrict our our freedoms uh, the first time around? I don't know. I don't have that list. It's something I will endeavor to find. And if anybody else finds it, please share it with me. Send it to me on Parlor at France Radio. Uh, or call us at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. But yes, let me give you let me give another example. Um, this one is in the same ballpark, but it's not about the curfew imposed by Mike Dewine yesterday, as he tells us where to go, what to do, and when to do it, and how to do it, and how long we can do it. And by the way, is anybody going to speak to the sense of it all while we fight about the injustice of it? When we, as we fight and discuss uh, the issue involving 
a government executive telling free people where they can go and when they can be there without having committed any crimes whatsoever, aside from that aspect of it, has anybody talked about the common sense of it all? Does the virus go out to play at night a lot more uh, wildly than it does during the day? Does the virus know what time it is? Does the virus know at 9 p.m.? I'm going to lay a little bit low while all these people are out here. But at 10 (laughs) o'clock, now it's party time. Now it's my time. Now it's time to leap upon all of those people who are not locked away securely into their homes. The virus is far, far smarter than we are. It knows how to tell time. It knows where to go. It knows to go get you in a church, but not at a protest rally. The virus knows that it can't get you in a McDonald's drive through line, but it'll get you in the gym. The virus knows that it'll get you when you are standing in a restaurant, but not when you're sitting. When you're sitting, you can take that mask off. The virus won't get you. Stand up, and you are in virus territory. You see, it hovers just above the heads of seated people. And if you stand up, you mash your face into the virus, and, and it's there ready to pounce. The ridiculousness of it all needs to be discussed as well as the injustice of it all. And since we're talking about ridiculousness and it's in the same ballpark, let me talk again about the masks for a second. The ridiculous, pointless masks. Yesterday, Jack Windsor asked Governor DeWine about that about the masks and about how essentially the proof is in the pudding that the mask order has been in place since July 23rd. Mike DeWine has admitted by his own words that Ohioans are complying to extraordinary numbers with the mask mandate, and yet the cases have spiked. It is impossible for them to declare masks work when the evidence is there that masks don't work. And it's especially evident, this is where I tie it into the uh, unanimity, the collectiveness, uh, the power of our collective, etc. And by the way, I'm using collective in a good way here. Don't, don't be a collectivist. <laughs> don't be a collectivist. That's a very different story. I'm talking about our collective power to stand up for ourselves. Um, and here's another example of it as it pertains to masking. We all know that children have been, by virtually every measure and every scientist whether they're fearful scientists you know screaming the world is coming to an end if we don't do this that or the other thing about the chinese coronavirus or whether they're people who dismiss it or whatever everybody agrees that the people least impacted by the chinese coronavirus are children children are not getting infected at i mean at rates that are even remotely uh uh you know reviewable right Children are spreading it, if they do get infected, even less. Children are not at risk. Now, that's not to say 100, because no, there's nothing that you can say that is 100% in everything. That's not to say there hasn't been a child who has gotten sick. That's not to say there hasn't been a child who maybe even has been hospitalized by this. But let's be realistic. The numbers would be point zero 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 three percent to find you know, children who have been impacted by this hospitalized myth and much less died from the Chinese coronavirus. 99.99999% of children are not impacted, right? So where am I going with this? Here's where I'm going with this. 
Children are not impacted by the coronavirus. Children do not spread the coronavirus by any measurable number whatsoever. Yet, executives all over the country have ordered school children to wear face masks. They don't get it, and they don't spread it, but we're making them wear face masks for seven hours a day in their schools. And guess what? Children are suffering trauma from that. Some of it is psychological. Some of it is physical. Between anxiety and oxygen levels and face, uh, uh, or excuse me, skin rashes and conditions being caused by these things all day long, I mean, there is a massive list of things that children are suffering from this. So the organization that I work with that I've told you about before, CFFS, Citizens for Free Speech, online at citizensforfreespeech.org, has put together a uh, forum, if you will. We are asking parents, guardians, teachers, coaches, anybody who is around children who have to be masked all day long to, to go to school and to participate in their events, etc., We are asking them to share their firsthand accounts of incidents that they have seen of children being traumatized, again, either physically with physical ailments caused by masks or psychological conditions caused by masks. This site went up just yesterday, and within within an hour or an hour and a half, I think they had 60 people immediately. This happened to my kid. That happened to my kid from all over the place, all over the country. This is what I'm talking about. If one parent goes to the school board and says, you can't make my kid wear a face mask anymore, this is what it is causing. It's documented by physicians, right? The school board can say, tough crap. Wear it or your kid can't come. If two kids or two families say that, same story. But what if 10 families report this? What if 100 families in a school report this. We need the collective power of the masses to get anything done. So we are going to collect these stories of individual instances of abuse, essentially, of these defenseless kids forced to mask up against something they're not in danger of for hours and hours and hours at a time by bureaucrats we, we are going to collect all of these stories, and hopefully they grow into the thousands and into the tens of thousands and beyond. I want this to go viral, and I want every one of these stories to be then sent to state boards, school boards, and individual district school boards, and administrators, principals. It's got to be done, and it can only be done in numbers that can't be ignored. So if you know anybody, if you are a parent, if you're a coach or a teacher or a child or, or excuse me, or anybody who has seen their child or their grandchildren suffering some of the maladies caused by these face masks, there's a website called um, No Masks for Kids. No Masks for Kids. .org, I believe. Let me double check that uh, if I can before we move on to callers here again. No masks. Yeah, it's nomaskforkids.com, not .org. My apologies. Nomaskforkids.com. This is a branch 
of Citizens for Free Speech, and it is a reporting site, so you can share the incidents that you are aware of. Don't be sharing, you know, anything that is, uh, you know, just overtly political and is a generality. Talk about your kid or the child that you have observed suffering something from this. We need to be very specific, and when we collect all of these incidents, we will have the power to force the powers that be to act on them. In the same way that we're talking about with the Ohio state representatives and senators as it pertains to getting our power back in this state to fight back against Big Daddy government, Big Daddy Mike DeWine telling us what time we have to be in at night. Okay, Uh, Cleveland Heights. Tim, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. We've uh, spoke a couple times. Um, Two things. I'm an attorney. I represent people who, you know, have the unfortunate of uh, being charged with a crime. I was actually taken off a case about two weeks ago because, as you, as you may know, there's a mandate um, that all everyone must wear a mask in the Justice Center. Um, I've repeated over and over. I have a health condition. I can't wear one. They actually asked me to require proof, which I you know, told them was illegal. Um, but in any event, that's going on in the Justice Center. But yet I get a report every day of how many cases have been popped up in the Justice Center, even though everyone's wearing masks. <clears throat> so... I just wanted to get that out there first. <laughs> That's a great um, point. So they will not allow you to go maskless without some sort of proof from your doctor that you have a condition, uh, which yeah, means that pretend- you are also wearing a mask, and so is everybody else, and yet the cases are arising in the, in the, in the Justice Center. Another and, piece well, of here's evidence the thing. that they I provided don't proof. I provided proof, and the day that I was supposed to have a trial where there's plexiglass everywhere, everybody's 10 feet apart, the judge actually took me off a case. He took me off a case. Um, wow. So there's some issues there. I'm sure constitutional issues there. But here's really why I called. Yesterday, I am going to get the e-check. Um, you know, we live in Cuyahoga County. I know. Well, I do. I know you don't. But we have to get an e-check, mm-hmm. right? So I pull in. The guy asked me if I have a mask before I pull into the bay. I say, no, can't wear one medical condition. Okay. I pull in. He scans the VIN number. He then proceeds to do a few things and ask me again, do I have a mask? I said, I just told you I can't wear one medical condition. He says, well, do you have your license or, or your, I'm sorry, your title or registration? And I said, well, I've, I've never had to, to provide that before. Why would you need that? Well, he says, anybody that doesn't wear a mask into the facility, we are required to report now, to whom they're reporting this to, I don't know. I asked. I said, who are you? I was, I was floored. I said, excuse me, what? And he said, yeah, we have to report this. He said, I don't know, CDC or contact tracing or something, but we have to report your name and information that you did not wear a mask in our facility. Did you give it to him? No, <laughs> I didn't. Um, I, I, I wish you had. Said, I wish you had, and and I'm assuming you're an attorney when you talked about being taken off the case. Uh, I I would like to see you fight that. I would like to see what happens. I would like to see what letter you get, what phone call you get from what agency that says, hey, you weren't wearing a mask when you went for your e-check. Here's what's going to happen. Or is it just going to be a reminder or what? I would love to know how that works. (laughs) Well, let me tell you you what happened. So I said, you know what? I want to get this done. Give me a mask. I literally put it under my chin, you know, the chin diaper. Yeah. And uh, I went through. And they, I didn't have it on my face blatantly in front of them. They didn't do anything about it. Well, unfortunately, because of, well, they couldn't test the car. So I have to go back, okay, 
But I went home. I started looking online. I looked at the guidelines. All that says is master recommended, not required. And there's nothing from the uh, because it's run by the Ohio EPA. I got some contact information there. If you have any contacts that could look into it, I'm I, I, that would be great. I'm going to be following up on it because I want to know who's making lists, right? Yeah. When I start to hear about the government making lists, I start to get concerned. So yeah, I, I, will, I agree. I and that's that's and a bizarre thing. Up. I do know this because it's not just a recommendation anymore because that's what DeWine announced last week, Tim, and thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, what DeWine did say is that businesses are responsible for making sure customers are compliant, uh, that all workers in the businesses and patrons or customers have to wear masks. And if one of the DeWine Gestapo from the Bureau of Workers' Compensation goes in, sees a customer without a mask, and uh, asks some questions and determines that nobody has, you know, tried to make them comply. Nobody in the store, you know, management or or employees have have tried to do this. That there can be fines issued. So if the guy doing your e check just simply said, you know, I have to tally this that I've got a a person here refusing to wear a mask. It may be just for their own protection, so that they don't get fined and the worker doesn't get fired. But to take your name and driver's license and registration and information, that's a bridge too far. If they want to put a tally mark and say we had somebody who refused to wear a mask, now, it's entirely possible, based on, again, the the kind of uh, the table that has been set here by Governor DeWine, it's entirely possible they could refuse to serve you and to do your e-check if you don't have the mask on. It's entirely possible they could say that because of the governor's new order, we can't serve you as a customer without that mask on. So you're going to have to take your car and come back at another time or have somebody else bring it back with you with them that can wear a mask. I don't know the answers to all that. I'm just giving you some of the possibilities here. But it is shocking that we have to deal with this. Uh, It's 951. We'll be right back. Okay, 955, let's get more calls, find out what you think about what's going on in this state. Notice I didn't use the adjective in front of it that time. We always refer to our own state as the great state, right? The great state of Ohio or the great state of this, that, or the other. We're just going to call it a state right now because it's under assault. Ken is in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Ken, you're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Salutations. Um, I have a question that I would like you to ask Pat Wood when you get a chance to talk to him next, and I'm certainly going to do that next webinar. And I don't think anybody's addressed this. Viruses have a tendency over the course of time and experience through the populations to mutate. Know where I'm headed with this? What happens if we try to delay the progress of a virus through the population to complete its cycle long enough for it to mutate into something far more serious? Is it possible that our efforts may only engender a worse virus to come if we don't allow it to run its course? Forget the masks. Protect our weakest populations. And let it happen the same way in the 60s. They let the Hong Kong flu and all kinds of other flus that came through do the same thing. Just my question, and I yeah, don't think anybody's um, actually addressed the question. Is, yeah, the answer to your the answer to your initial question, my friend, is yes, it is possible. Is that the goal 
I don't know, maybe among some uh, who are, you know, a, a little more nefarious. I don't think that's what every medical provider or every governmental decision maker is thinking about, but I do think that is something they better consider. Uh, and, and yeah, there are probably some people who, who would like to see that happen, sadly enough. Uh, because think about it. If, if it gets worse, if we don't, if we don't allow this to spread through and get herd immunity to it now, and like you said, we delay it, delay it, delay it, it mutates into something worse. What does it do? If they have already been able to gain a certain measure of power over us, uh, take away a certain number of our liberties with this, if it mutates into something worse, they would essentially be under their thumb, period, forever. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, that is something that is possible. I'm a, I'm a, I am an active member okay. of CFFS, uh, Citizens for Free Speech. I love the organization, and I think it has given a lot of good information to people, and I recommend it highly for anybody who has any issues whatsoever with wearing the masks, or the current status of our state's legislative actions and so on. Actually, dictatorial uh, actions, com- frankly. Well, I appreciate you being a member and a, and a supporter of CFFS. I want more people to go to citizensforfreespeech.org and become members. And uh, we, the be- truth of it is, thank you for the call, Ken. Uh, we've really only just begun, in all seriousness. We have just scratched the surface of what we want to do and can do in communities all over this country to help people get their liberty back and to protect. I mean, by its very name, Citizens for Free Speech is about the First Amendment, but it's about the entire Constitution, quite frankly, and they are very concerned about what's being done. We, I should say. I serve as the National Director of Communications for Citizens for Free Speech, full disclosure. It's nonprofit, and I'm proud to do so, and I want more people to become members. It's free. Sign up at uh, citizensforfreespeech.org. Um, Olmstead Township, Matt, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Matt, go ahead. Hi. Um, I'll be quick. So it, it dawned on me yesterday, and I thought about it before, just the utter arrogance of DeWine and Houston in trying to play God and controlling this virus. And why I say that is, he said yesterday, saying that he was taking these absurd steps with his Thanksgiving dinner to ensure that his 80-year-old parents would be there for the next Thanksgiving. Ensure? There's nothing we can ensure against death. I have a 6-year-old and a 3-year-old. I can't ensure that they will be here for this Thanksgiving. I can do stuff that may, be, may make it more likely to be there, but ensure? That, that, that's absurd. His parents are 80 years old. You know, ensure that they're going to be there. You know, it's sad to say, but, you know, there's nothing to ensure that I'm going to finish this phone call. It's just, That's right. you know, the utter arrogance of these people thinking that they can play God. Yeah, um, that that is very well said. Um, there is no insurance whatsoever that any of us are going to survive the day, and you're a thousand percent right about that, about that. But what I would say also in response, and thanks for the call, Matt, is that it is... It is an insult to our intelligence as well to tell us that, you know, it, 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 I would, two things, actually, and I know i got to get to the news here. It's an insult to our intelligence to tell us that the government knows best how to keep our family members alive, number one. And number two, I read this somewhere on uh, social media yesterday. Somebody responded to a very similar question and said, you know, it's entirely possible that our grandparents or great-grandparents that are in their 80s or even older, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, they may not have very many Thanksgivings left with their family. What would be worse for them? What would be worse for them? To live, you know, uh, the, the rest of their lives not being able to, do, to enjoy the moments with their families that mean the most to them? Or to be kept sterile in an environment where 
Governor Governor DeWine and Lieutenant Governor Husted tell them, yeah, I know you're lonely. Yeah, I know you wish you could be with your family, but trust us, this is better for you. It's insulting. It's it's reprehensible, to be quite frank with you. We have the liberty and the freedom given to us by God and put into word by our founders that say we can make those decisions for ourselves, not the government. We'll be right back. 